over here. What black market did kids at your school run? I used to deal in whiteboard markers for teachers in high school. One teacher had a tendency to hoard them, leaving none for other teachers. I would take markers from him and provide them to other teachers in need. While there was no formal payment, I was given a little bit more leniency at times, e.g. request to leave the classroom for a moment. Once the marker would start squealing on the whiteboard because it was almost empty, I'd get teachers giving me a nod as if to say, you got the goods? I'd then supply them with the marker color of their choosing, usually black. It was actually a lot of fun, and I never heard teachers talk about my systems or chastise me for taking markers. I was in elementary school when pogs were big. Everyone had cool slammers and stuff, but I didn't have money for good ones. My dad made one out of half-inch mild steel for me and used an engraving pen to make a simple pattern. Everyone was asking me where I got them from. I didn't want to lose my unfair edge, but I also knew I could make money. My dad had a big sheet of this half-inch steel. I told them I was the only one who could get them. I sold them for 15 bucks a pop. My dad kept 10, I got 5. And that's when I learned what overhead was. I went to a private high school with a strict dress code, ties, belt, etc. So, I bought a bunch of ties and belts from a thrift store and ran a lucrative rental business out of my locker. Locker accessories such as carpets and magnets. Car carpets In a locker? Do you mean, like, floor mats? Or small rugs? I didn't know there were schools with walk-in lockers. Used to crush up warheads and mix them with sugar. Sold them by the straw with the ends melted. 50 cents a piece. I don't know if this counts, but me and my brother would take money to beat all the challenges in GoldenEye 007 for N64, so people got all the cheats. The invincibility challenge was the toughest. I used to sell Coke, the drink, because they didn't allow fizzy drinks to be brought in. Authorities have reported that a young student was identified selling Coke in a middle school. Hold on, I'm getting reports that it is, in fact, Coca-Cola and not the other thing. There goes that story. I have family in New York and would go to visit a couple of times a year back in high school. Every once in a while, we'd visit Chinatown in New York City and I'd end up buying hundreds of dollars worth of fake watches, Rolex, Tag, Gucci, etc., return to school and sell them for double than what I paid for them. Pokemon cards we would hide under playground equipment and trade them because the teachers would take them if they saw them. So we always set up deals in class and created a whole Pokemon card trading network. My school used the metallic ends of pencils as a currency. Bronze was rarest, so it was the most expensive. Green was most common, so it was the least. We traded for erasers or pencil cases or a spot up in the four square line. Eventually got banned, but we still operated with people acting as banks to keep the currency hidden and to keep transactions hidden. At my school, they took all the sweets out of the vending machines and replaced them with healthy snacks. In the local town, there was a sweet shop where you could buy a kilo of mixed sweets for five pounds. So every week I would go there and buy one pound of small paper bags and spend the Sunday night before school repackaging them all ready for the week ahead. Come Monday, I would go into the school and load up my bag up every day selling the bags for 50 pence. Cuban sandwiches straight out of a duffel bag before school. They were bomb, cheap, and way better than the lunch in the cafeteria. Oh my god, no, you guys have got to check out this movie called Chef. It has John Favreau and John Leguizamo in it, and among the incredible dishes shown in the movie, Cubanos are part of it. It's a sandwich made with marinated pork, ham, cheese, and pickles, 
all in between pan cubano, a specific type of sandwich bread. It gets pressed on a plancha, and it looks so good. I, I know I talk about food way too much on this channel, but you all have to watch it or try it yourself. The only guy in the school whose family had proper TV channels used to tape wrestling events and rent them out. Apple laptops in middle school. Some had iTunes, some didn't, and the kids wanted it, so I apparently was the only one who knew how to transfer the installer with my USB. I put it on everyone's laptop for gifts, favors, etc. in return. Got caught by the sub that day. I told her it was my flash drive, I could do what I wanted with it. And that's how I got my second detention in my life. Gifts were typical middle schooler stuff. Yu-Gi-Oh cards, fruit snacks, best food trades during lunch, gaining popularity, and hanging out with the cool people. Obviously, they were taking advantage of me, but I didn't mind. When I was in the 6th grade, a teacher sold candy in between classes at marked up rates. A student decided to undercut her. That put an end to all candy sales. These little game coupons that our teacher gave out for winning class quiz games. Right when people were starting to get scanners and printers in their own homes, some kid made copies of his coupons and sold or traded them to other students. Since I have some people asking what the coupons could be traded for, it was usually a piece of candy or a pencil with a fun print or something similar. I think the kids ended up getting caught like two weeks into the scheme. Edit, a lot of people are comparing this to Diary of a Wimpy Kid, which I've heard of but never read before. I think kids are just clever and do this kind of thing on their own because a lot of people in the replies had similar things happen in their own schools as well. I don't know if this is where the kid got his idea or not, but this may have been before those books came out. Silly bands. I remember a kid made like $50 in one day. You know, I actually looked this up because I remember silly bands when I used to go to school and they ended up being banned in classrooms for being too distracting, which... You know, schools will ban anything if they deem it, quote, distracting. But there have been incidents where children have cut off circulation by extending several silly bands up their arms, in some cases causing serious injuries. You're telling me that my T-Rex-shaped silly band would have cut my circulation off? I had the principal's secretary's handwriting down and used to sell hall passes for $1 each. Made a killing. I don't really know how much I made, but it was in the realm of $5 a day. Sometimes I went dry because you needed the actual pass paper, but I finally figured out how to get into the supply closet, slide the student ID by the latch bolt. I only took a few pads at a time so they wouldn't get suspicious. Edit, I could also forge my mother's signature. Did it so well that when I brought in a note from her that she scribbled on the dash, they called her to confirm. This kid committed forgery. What's not a crime is subscribing to Am I the Genius. Or if you like these videos, you might like Am I the Jerk, linked in the description below. Thanks for watching! MP3s and CDRs were just becoming available. A guy I knew made a killing on mixed CDs. Every week, he circulated forms to fill out, where he selected the songs you wanted on the CD. The newest hits were on the top and changed weekly. The rest of his library filled the rest of the form, and there was a space for requests. He'd deliver your disc the following week. He seriously made bank for a couple years until everybody started getting their songs from LimeWire or whatever. I don't know what he's doing now, 20 years later, but I don't doubt he's successful. Just as a bit of an aside, since a few responses have mentioned LimeWire, when this guy started doing it in high school, the only real avenues for music sharing were Usenet groups and IRC. Nintendo games. Some kids sold them off for like 10 or 15 bucks a pop. I don't know where he got them from, but he said he just told his dad what he wanted and his dad would get it for him. He'd ask for the same ones over and over and it didn't matter. 
He'd end up with five copies, and he'd just sell four of them. Either the kid was the most spoiled brat in history, or his dad was straight up stealing them anyhow. Anyways, I could never get any. I had a Sega, but I remember that kid making a killing in grade three. Slap bracelets. Small southern town with just a Walmart and one or two small clothing stores that carried them. Anyone who went out of town to do clothes shopping or because their parents worked there would come back with bracelets we couldn't get here, so a little black market popped up. This girl, Danielle, convinced my best friend and I, along with some other people, that she could forever change the taste of saliva in our mouth, so that our saliva would taste like watermelon, cotton candy, bubblegum, etc., forever. She made us wait a couple days so we could really think about what flavor we wanted in our mouth forever. For example, she would tell us, are you sure you always want everything you eat to have a hint of watermelon? Anyways, after a couple days and we picked a flavor, she charged us money. I can't remember how much, but it was probably 50 cents or something. She made us chew on all this crazy stuff like paper clips, erasers, and other things. Obviously, our saliva never changed flavor, and she stopped this. But I worked at Starbucks a couple years ago in my hometown, and she came in and didn't even recognize me. And all I could think about was how that girl had me chewing on paper clips. I would buy six packs of soda for $1.79 and resell the six sodas for a total of $3. Not labeled for individual sale? Come on, bro. Two years ago, I was a sophomore in high school, and freshmen weren't allowed to go off campus, but everyone else was. So, I'd take orders, go to the local fast food shops, and get the goods. I'd up the price by about 2 bucks, and ended up making about 200 a month. The swim team or something were selling these fundraiser lollipops, and they were insanely popular. I found the website on the wrapper and discovered I could buy my own way cheaper. I could also buy only the popular flavors. So I had only the best flavors and I could undercut the actual fundraisers by a quarter, still making over 100% profit. I quickly became a top seller and made bank until the copycats started popping up. Banana chips were 25 cents in the vending machine in middle school. I always went to school early, so I always ended up buying all of them and selling them for 50 cents a bag. My school was an extremely conservative Christian boarding school. Things that were forbidden were, by no means a complete list, jeans for girls, shorts for everyone, candy, any sort of food in the dorms, cell phones, any form of gaming system, TV or movies, playing non-Christian songs on musical instruments, clothes made by popular brands A&F and Hollister, etc. Naturally, there were a few students who started selling food, candy, and A&F slash Hollister clothes, why people bought these from them, I don't know, but they made huge amounts of money. A lot of the kids at that school were rich doctor's kids, so there was plenty of money to go around. One guy sold a box of Altoids for $15. TLDR, my high school was so strict that the black market was people paying ridiculous amounts of money for food and snacks. I lived in an area with a lot of retiree-age people, a lot of which ended up raising their grandchildren. It really isn't a good area. Being older and from a rural area, they still don't trust online sites like eBay or Amazon, so I started ordering people things from those sites for actual money and added a charge for me to be making money off of it. It eventually got shut down because I got someone a USB in the shape of a pistol. It was the size of a USB, and clearly a USB, but it didn't matter. The principal actually got the police involved to try to get me in real trouble. Some kids made a habit of stealing chalk when the teachers weren't looking. After a while, they started selling it, charging more for longer and fresher sticks. 
It ended with someone eventually snitched on a buyer, which started a cascade of counter-snitching. A cascade of counter-snitching. That is such a beautiful sentence. Many pockets were emptied, some with chalk, but most of the dealers had hidden their chalk and got away with it. I was a Pokemon card smuggler. In sixth grade, my friend's dad overheard my friend and I talking about how much our Pokemon cards were worth. He was shocked to learn some were 10 to $20 a piece. He made the comment, shame they won't be worth that much when you go to sell them. That comment stuck with me, and a few days later, I started selling my cards at school. I made a list of everything I had with prices next to them. I passed the list around during class, and kids would meet up with me between classes to buy what they wanted. I was making crazy amounts of money for a middle schooler, and before long, parents were complaining that their kids were skipping lunch because they were spending their lunch money on Pokemon cards. So, the school banned them. But I still had a good bit of inventory to move. I did all kinds of things to avoid getting caught. I hid cards and boxes of crayons. I put a few sheets of sleeves in the middle of a binder full of legit notes. I even hollowed out an old textbook to hide all my cards. Despite getting searched three to five times over the next few weeks, my cards were never found, and I was able to sell all of them before Christmas break. I ended up making close to $800 and was able to buy my entire immediate and extended family Christmas gifts with my own money for the first time. Once all the other kids learned how much money I had made, they were blown away, and suddenly, everyone was selling their cards. Problem was, no one was buying them anymore. TLDR, I started a one-kid Pokemon card black market, smuggling them into school, and got out of the game right before the bubble burst. Pencils for pencil fighting. The way it worked is, one person would hold their pencil out, grabbing both ends, and then the other person would see if they could break the pencil with theirs by holding one end and then pulling the other end back, snapping it down on the other pencil. We made a website that started as us doing stupid prank phone calls and jerkwad stunts. It turned into a homework sharing and answers to tests and quizzes that people would steal later. Luckily, I wasn't involved by that time, but my friends weren't involved in graduation. Marbles were big at my primary school. Real big. It got to the stage where they were only allowed for three months a year, as we would no longer discuss anything but the game we had or the make we wanted to pay for. That was marble season. Now you could buy a big bag of cat size from the supermarket, but they wouldn't get you far. To play the high-stakes games, you needed a specked egg, a glitter bomb, a tidal wave, or something exotic, but those suckers were pricey. Us poor kids couldn't afford those things, so we secretly gambled our marbles through the year. So when marble season opened, we had amassed enough marbles to really be ahead of the game. Being caught with marbles outside of marble season was bad. Real bad. One kid got five strokes of the cane. This being so, it was a big risk to hide in the shadows of the trees and sling those little glass balls about. Not only did it hone your skills for the season's start, but you got good at taking the shot and then acting nonchalant. Marbles were currency. You could trade lunches with them or buy time on playground equipment. There was a good reason they banned marbles at my school. We turned it into some sort of mafia crap. My mom won a year's supply of double-stuffed Oreos. I sold them in Ziploc bags while in fourth grade to everyone I could, even teachers. My mom thought my friends were eating them all. Me and my best friends sold packs of gum in middle school. We'd make around $30 a day, and the teachers were going crazy trying to find where all the gum was coming from. As model students, they never suspected us. I'm kind of glad that I'm not the only one who knew high schoolers obsessed with gum. 
Every day, almost every period, I would hear people asking people for gum. They'd even ask me, nerdy kid who no one really talked to, if I had gum. That's when you knew they were desperate. Live fish. Some Asian kid would walk around school with a few live pet fish in his school bag and sell them. Pop rocks in the late 70s. Kid drove 40 miles from Alabama to Catholic school in Georgia and got him an AL and doubled the price in GA. Sister Charles broke up the ring before we could find out if drinking Coke and eating Pop Rocks blew up your stomach. Pink Eye. $5. In middle school, you could come to school with Pink Eye and make a lot of money off of kids who wanted to miss a test. Kid would just stick his finger in his own eye and then in yours. The f***? No. That's... Ugh. I hate that. These Hispanic kids in my school brought a bunch of Mexican snacks to class and sold them for cheap. Those mango lollipops with the chili powder on them, or whatever it is, were the bomb. Actually, I happened to have a hustle. My friend lived in New Orleans. She moved away from my state and came up to visit. It was just Mardi Gras, and she had a whole trunk full of beads. She gave me an entire bucket of them because they were literally in over their heads. I marketed them at school as authentic beads from the real Mardi Gras, and kids were paying 50 cents for one of them. I should have majored in business instead of becoming an art student. During elementary school in the 80s, many candies weren't individually wrapped for resale in stores. Think Warheads, etc. I bought bulk packs of candy. Didn't matter what kind, although atomic fireballs were my cash cow. I individually packed them, or maybe a couple to a pack depending on the candy. I used those tiny Ziplocs you see people use for drugs. Being around adults a little devoid of scruples, I was able to get those in bulk from a local head shop called High on the Hill. It was a surreal time looking back. I was the only supplier for a year solid in 4th grade. I made so much bank for a 10 year old, it was insane. I would make $100 a week just off of atomic fireballs. The bulk jugs were about 5 or 6 bucks each wholesale, and at a quarter each, it worked out to about $60 a jug profit if I recall. Luckily, school came easy to me because it was a full-time job keeping stock, packaging product, counting piles of change, budgeting, keeping a bank register, mom got a separate account that I used for my money, dodging the man, etc. It was turbulent, as I never really had a group of friends as a kid, but in the fourth grade, I was the freaking man. Going from having no real, quote, good friends, and having my time divided by either being picked on or ignored, to becoming the belle of the ball was surreal. Even at that time, I was able to realize what was going on. Their smiles were all fake. Their interest was not in me, but rather what was in my bag any given day. Girls were not saying hello because they were being polite, or even the least bit interested in talking to me. They were just waiting their turn for their fix. That denim bag got more attention than I ever dreamed of. I was just along for the ride. I had laid the groundwork and provided the blueprint. When the fifth grade started, there was competition, but they were weak. They would always sell out or only buy enough to make a few bucks here and there, largely selling lollipops or prepackaged stuff, Hershey's Kisses, bit of honey or Tootsie Rolls, whatever they could grab at the store before school. It was amateur hour. They had made a mockery of something I took seriously, as seriously as a 10 to 11 year old can take something. I closed up shop pretty quickly after the school year began. The fast life and fast money was over. The excitement wasn't there. The smiles run as big. Kids came to me as a last resort. They bought the popular kids completely out before looking my way. It was like flipping a switch. 
My first day without the bag, I had a few kids ask if I was holding, but once word got around that I was out of the game, everything went back to normal. No friends, no conversation, no one to sit with at lunch or on the bus. No one interested, fake or otherwise. It was the first time I had ever really witnessed the dynamic of being disingenuine. I had always been authentic, and after it was all over, I was happy to stay that way. I've never really recounted this time into words. As it turns out, I learned a lot of life lessons in the fourth grade. TLDR, I peaked in the fourth grade. When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications. Put the playlist on in the background to finish listening to all the stories linked at the top of the description. And if you like Am I the Genius, give Am I the Jerk a shot linked in the description too. Either way, thanks a lot for watching and we'll see you guys next time.